The Playful Psychologist podcast is hosted by me, Emily Hanlon, a clinical psychologist who primarily works with children and adolescents. This podcast has been designed to offer support to new psychologists who may feel as though they are drowning in uncertainty. It has also been designed to inform and educate parents and teachers on all things child development. Along with some special guests, I explore different aspects of child development, including developmental disorders and emotional regulation, while also advocating for those who may be falling through the cracks in our current system. Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of The Playful Psychologist. Today I want to talk about, I guess this one's more for like educators and when it's I get the question from educators a lot on Instagram going, hey, I'm a teacher. I think a child needs an assessment or I think a child needs a bit of, you know, support with their social skills or emotional regulation. How do I go about referring it? Or when is the point that I go about referring that child to a psychologist? So I wanted to kind of address that a little bit today. Now, this isn't going to be a long episode. If you've listened to episodes this season, they've all been nice and short little um, bits of information to get you through. Um, And this one's no different. But The role of a teacher has changed so much in our society. While teachers are still there, of course, to facilitate our children's learning, their roles and responsibilities have changed dramatically in the 21st century. I think when we think of the role of a teacher, we think of planning activities, delivering instructions, assessing learning, managing classroom behavior. However, more recently, teachers have been expected to also juggle their existing role while also monitoring and assessing the emotional and behavioral well-being of their students. So consequently, teachers are often like stretched quite thin, both in time and patience. And, you know, there's only so many hours that they can do in regards to professional development and upskilling in areas that they weren't formally trained in when they did their degrees. So I guess um, we need to, to answer the question of when a teacher should recommend a child see a psychologist. We need to break down the reasons for a referral to a psychologist or school counsellor and how to go about it. Now, in this episode, I'm going to talk about teachers referring, but I don't mean they go above a parent and make a direct referral. I more so mean um, they obviously need to discuss this referral with the parents, but what the process should look like. So firstly, it's probably important to talk about what a referral is. So the referral is the process or steps taken by a teacher in order to get extra assistance for a student with who they directly work. So with the student might be in their class, you might be a teacher that sees them for reading groups and so on. In most schools, there are three distinct types of referrals. So you have a a referral for like behavioral issues, um, referral for academic or educational evaluations or for emotional regulation or therapeutic services. So what usually happens is teachers complete referrals only really when they believe that a student requires additional intervention. Some students need this kind of help to overcome obstacles, preventing them from achieving success and others just need the help to, you know, assist with communicating their needs and avoiding outbursts or behavior in the classroom. And I think what ha- what is important to remember is that all referrals are kind of dictated or guided by the behavior or actions of a student or the responses of a student, um, however extreme they may be. So it may be that they're flying way under the 
radar and they're really timid in social situations. That's an example of a behavior. By behavior, I don't necessarily mean a big externalizing behavior. I also mean internalizing ones or academic difficulties and so on. So for a behavioral difficulty, it's really important to try and get some data beforehand on what might be going on. Something like an ABC sheet, like what is triggering the behavior? What does the behavior look like? And what's the natural consequence of that behavior or what's happening to the child when they engage in that behavior? Having that information and being able to feed that directly to the psychologist or counselor really um, helps guide the psychologist into understanding A, what's going on for the child and B, what assessments or interventions may be appropriate for them. So it's really, really awesome to um, have that information if you do have it to pass it on. I do, I do really think it's important to remember that if a behavioral referral is being made by a school, um, you know, a school teacher or a, um, a school staff member, um, that referral should only be made if there's something like quite serious going on or you, if you have serious concerns, because a referral for a behavioral difficulty automatically kind of implies that there is an issue that's quite serious um, and you've tried to handle it without success. So try and keep the following questions in mind before moving towards um, a referral. I guess these questions might help you understand like, oh, is this something that I need to refer on for? Um, so is the first question you can ask yourself, is this a safety quest, uh, issue for a student or a threat to another student that requires immediate attention by an administrator? So if so, obviously contact administration immediately, contact the parents and a referral can be made. For non-emergencies, what steps have been taken um, for me to handle this issue for myself? Sometimes being able to list those steps in order to give that information to the psychologist can be really helpful so that they're not you know, suggesting things that you've already tried. Another question to ask, have I contacted the student's parents and involved them in this process? More often than not, the child is probably already seeing a psychologist or a therapist of some sort. So it's important to get that, keep that line of communication open with the parents and try and figure out exactly what supports they already have in place. Or they may be seeing a speech, you're an OT, but maybe you're now recommending a psychologist may be more beneficial or a beneficial addition to their therapy team. So now if we look at more like an academic referral, so that's quite different from a behavioral referral in that it requests that a student, uh, you know, be evaluated to determine whether there may be like a cognitive issue or a specific learning disability um, that could be at play and that might be impacting their academic achievement at school. So these services don't necessarily only include a psychologist. Here we could be looking at a referral to a speech and language therapist, a learning, you know, uh, the diverse learning team, OT, a physical therapist and or a psychologist. So this type of referral is typically started by either the student's parents or a teacher, but sometimes both. Teachers completing those academic referrals often attach evidence and samples of work to show why they believe a student needs to be evaluated. So if you're seriously concerned about their reading, maybe showing a graph of their progress in reading or maybe showing difficulties with their sight words and how they're sounding it out. If you're worried about their written expression, maybe providing examples of writing that they've done and, and handwriting samples and so on. And of course, parents will offer supporting like anecdotal evidence as well, um, you know, to support that referral. So requesting that a student um, needs an academic evaluation is again no small matter it's really really tricky so here are some questions that you can ask yourself as to whether a referral is necessary so firstly what are the exact issues a student has that have led you to believe that an academic referral is necessary or appropriate 
What evidence can you produce that supports this belief? Um, schoolwork examples, so on. What documented steps of intervention has the school taken to try and help the student improve before making this referral? So has a child done like a reading recovery program or something like that? And again, finally, have I already discussed my concerns with the child's parents and gained insight into their history? Is there like a, you know, if we're worried about their reading, do they have good eyesight? Does their eyesight need to be evaluated? Has their eyesight been evaluated? All these questions are really, really important to ask. And I guess as well, give you more insight as to what may be going on when parents not have not necessarily volunteered that information for you. And finally, with regards to a therapeutic referral, this referral can be made for a student for any number of legitimate concerns that do not always require a teacher to have, you know, necessarily intervened beforehand. So common reasons for therapy referrals are if a student is going through a traumatic experience, a divorce, a death in the family, they're in a car accident, something like that. If a student exhibits signs of depression and or withdrawal or the opposite, if they randomly start showing signs of like ADHD and hyperactivity and inattention and defiance, because often anxiety can present like that with those externalizing behaviors, whereas we often associate anxiety with internalizing kind of behaviors. So it's important to be mindful of any changes that may be occurring. Again, um, is a, you know, are a student's grade suddenly dropping or is there a drastic change in their behavior? Is a student crying often, um, having a lot of sick days or asking to go home because they're unwell, spending way more time than normal in the nurse's office um, or expressing anger or frustration regularly? Um, does a student have difficulty functioning in the classroom? So behavioral issues um, like defiance or aggression or being uncooperative that perhaps weren't there previously. School refusal, like I mentioned before, and friendship, like sudden friendship difficulties. All these things may be really legitimate reasons to make that referral. Now, as a teacher, obviously your first step is to, to inform parents and let parents know about what's going on. But it can also, like I said, be really, really helpful myself as a psychologist I love getting information from teachers I think it's so helpful to have that secondary contextual information that you don't necessarily always get from parents so whatever data you have whatever send it through don't feel like you're going to bombard a psychologist the more information that they have definitely the better. Um, so yeah, I just hope that kind of provides a little bit of insight into the three sorts of types of referrals that you as an educator may make and what questions to ask yourself beforehand, what information to provide to a psychologist for each referral and so on. If you have any questions, you can definitely email me thepayfulpsychologist at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at thepayfulpsychologist and I'd be more than happy to have a chat further. See you later. 